Welcome to Plain Talk. Plain Talk has a new podcast every two weeks with up-to-date information about aviation technologies for general and business aviation. From home to cockpit to boardroom to personal tech, Plain Talk provides informative information for pilots, industry insiders, and aviation enthusiasts alike. My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 1,900 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. I'd like to welcome Ivan Christensen into the Plane Talk cockpit. Ivan's one of the uh, founders of Trillium Flyers Ontario. Welcome to Plane Talk, uh, Ivan. Well, thank you very much, Phil. So tell us a little bit about uh, Trillium. Trillium Aviatus Ontario, I see an official name for the group. And uh, that's something I started. Now, uh, this is into the third season. So I guess uh, 19, 2019 was the first one. Mm-hmm. And we had like, uh, I believe, almost 20 outings in uh, 2019. We started in May, ran right through until the uh, middle of October, almost weekly. Uh, only a couple of cancellations due to weather. And then, of course, last year with COVID, uh, there was uh, we, we switched gears a little bit and made it a bring-your-own-lunch. So there were no restaurants were open or anything like that. So we struggled through some of that a little bit, but uh, found a, a, a place. And it wasn't – we didn't have any of the numbers uh, last year that we uh, have had so far this year, except maybe for one time we had a fair few. So uh, now this year – the one we were just at in Goderich was only the second one. And here we are into the beginning of August. And obviously it had to be delayed due to the restrictions. And when they opened up to 100 people, I said, well, okay, now we can get together again for an outdoor event. And uh, so uh, we've had two so far this year, and it's been going pretty well. But again, there's something that uh, that I, I started, uh, like I say, in 19. Uh, I had attended a few similar events in Florida over the years that I spent my winters down there and thought, well, let's try it in Canada. And uh, so far, it's been doing pretty well. Sounds like it's been a huge success, kind of uh, birds of a, uh, a feather. And with all that said, how did you organize the uh, pilots in getting the word out? Uh, with with uh, email and social media, the way it is today is actually quite easy, I guess. Uh, it's all done by email. And when I began in 2019, it was just a few fellas around Kitchener, uh, Waterloo, Guelph, KW area, Cambridge, uh, uh, friends that I knew. I said, uh, hey, let's uh, let's go to lunch and let's do it on a Thursday, and, uh, those who, who can, and sort of gear toward the retired people, and uh, which is exactly what it is in Florida. You know, what I was uh, was seen down there. So that was successful. Let's give it a try. So we did it a time or two. And uh, as time went on, people wanted to say, well, can I get on your email list? Sure. So got on the email list. And I was up to like in 19, I was probably up to 25 people on my email, 25, maybe 30 people before the end of the year. I thought, wow, this is uh, amazing. You know, I was really quite pleased, you know, and. So fast forward now until last year, uh, 2020, we just started up again. I think it was uh, 
early June, maybe mid-June before we got going. And uh, I just had an influx of people that was just, I couldn't believe it, you know. People just wanted to be on that list and come to these events, which was just a, a social gathering. Uh, that's all it amounts to. There's nothing official. There's no membership in the club. There's no fees. There's no meetings. Manage an email list and set it up with an airport and uh, call, talk to the manager, the airport manager, and uh, send an email list. Well, on Thursday, we're going to Stratford or bring your own lunch with a lawn chair. You know, there will be no place to sit, a big tree there. And same thing in uh, St. Thomas. Uh, Perry Sound is another one. Wireton, Godwitz, we've been there before when the, the restaurant opened and so forth. And uh, the, the email just took on a life of its own, the email list. And uh, today, I just looked at it again, uh, because uh, leading up to the one here in Godrich, uh, where you and I met, I had a huge influx. After I sent out the invitation with instructions of what was happening and what was going on and so forth, it, that email was circulated by... Clubs such as the various Copa flights and REA groups of people in various parts of Ontario. And so people were saying, well, put me on the list, put me on the list. I now have 221 names on my list. Wow. That's amazing. It blows me away. <laughs> well, I, I think that's the power of, uh, as you said, the, of the net, social platforms and, and email. You know, yeah. I, I tell one person who sends an email out to, to 10, and I mean, it just exponentially uh, uh, grows. Certainly, the uh, event at, at Godridge was uh, absolutely amazing. How many uh, airplanes um, flew in for the event? The final count was 71 airplanes. Wow. So from, a, I think, from a Canadian perspective, that rivals uh, AirVenture. Well, uh, from a Canadian perspective, uh, that's a, that's a pretty tall order, and uh, you know, to uh, to compare it to that. But uh, I think one of the officials, uh, when he spoke, that he didn't remember ever having that many airplanes in Godrich, perhaps the most airplanes ever at that Godrich airport. So I thought, oh, that's uh, that's saying something. Oh, it was totally amazing. The entire uh, ramp, taxiways, grass were all just full of very unique, uh, very unique airplanes. And as I recall from uh, Awaco, uh, Waco, tomatoes or tomatoes, uh, vintage yeah. biplane, uh, all the way to uh, an ultralight or essentially a flying lawn chair and everything in between. It's totally amazing. And from, from 60 knots to 220, you know, there was a couple of legacy, uh, Lancia legacies there. They do, they're about 220, 225. And uh, so, like you say, the uh, there was a, what's it called? A, maybe a Rebel or something like that that flew in? Yeah. Uh, an ultralight. And what's he cruise at? 50 or 60 knots, I suppose. How do you... That's if he's, paddle, if he's paddling. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, of course, not for a shameless plug, one very cool Rockwell Commander and its older brother, a Ryan Navion. The Ryan Navion. That fella is from Hanover, and he's been working on that for almost 30 years. No kidding. Wow, that was a gorgeous airplane. The red, stunning paint job, maple leaf on the rudder, and, of course, 
when you get up close to it, it's a big airplane. That's a that's a huge airplane. Yeah, he he was telling me he bought that in Florida, and I forget the year, but then he brought it to Hanover, started taking it apart, inspecting it, and uh, found a, some serious corrosion in some pretty serious spots. So the thing had to be dismantled and and redone, and it took him thirty years. And he flew it for the first time earlier this year. Now well, that must have been an incredible event. Yeah, thirty, so, uh, 30 years of living your dream and then finally getting into it and taking it for amazing. a hop. Totally, uh, uh, totally amazing. amazing. So, well, I hope you had, took lots of videos and pictures. And I take uh, I take still pictures. I, I, I don't do much in the way of video, but I take some still pictures. We have this, we've uh, got this fellow, uh, Gustavo, or Gus for short. He um, has taken some, uh, he took a, I don't know how many pictures he took, but he has posted a bunch of them, which I linked to in my recap. I don't know if, uh, did I copy you on my recap from, no. the, from the event? No, I, I didn't see that. Well, I'll have to do that. Now, see, that's another thing I do. So after the event, uh, I'll take the pictures and I'll write a short report and I'll fire that out and let everybody know uh, what happened and those who were there they'll see the pictures of themselves or the airplanes or, or something like that and uh, i think people like that oh absolutely absolutely and uh any plans for a, a website to share you know your pictures and recap more permanently shall we say well yes and no um in the sense that i do have my pictures all the pictures from every event that we've done so far, I have them on a site called SmugMug. Okay, so on SmugMug, uh, it doesn't lend itself well to writing articles. You can write captions on letter on the pictures and so forth. It's more a picture gallery than it is a website, uh, in my view, unless I, I'm not doing it right or something. But I have everything on um, on, uh, on on SmugMug, all the pictures. Ivan, how long have you been flying? So I got my license in 1984. Wow. I loved it. Uh, the more I flew, the more I wanted to fly. And so in uh, 1990, I managed to land myself a flying job. No kidding. I had upgraded to all the various licenses and this and that. Yeah, I landed a corporate flying job flying a, a Cessna, a twin Cessna 335. Wow. And for those uh, of you uh, among in the audience who don't know what that is, it is an unpressurized Cessna 340, a twin engine. So I, I flew that for seven years, and then we sold it and bought a Conquest uh, uh, Conquest One, which has PT6s on it, I flew that for almost two years, and then that was sold. And then I got a went with a different company. He they stopped flying this company, and then I went with a different company and flew a King Air for four years. Wow! So I flew for about fourteen years. I flew corporate. What did you do after that? I retired. Oh no, kidding! Living the dream. <laughs> now that's exactly what I'm building. I'm building my second RV at the moment. For the audience, I first ran into Ivan uh, as a youngster in the radio control model airplane hobby and um, RC uh, RC gear. And um, do do I remember correctly? You were into pattern flying. I was into pattern flying. That was the only thing I did for thirty years. Yeah, from. Uh... 
from 1970 to 2000. That's all. Oh, that's the only kind of model flying I did, basically, was pattern flying and competitions, yes. Do you, just for the audience, do you want to just tell the folks what pattern flying is all about? Sure. So uh, pattern flying is, uh, is, is, is aerobatic flying. It's a flying aerobatics uh, of all descriptions, loops, rolls, spins, uh, and uh, snap rolls, and, and, and all kinds of combinations uh, of, of, uh, of those types of maneuvers. And uh, they're flown with an airplane that is designed specifically for that purpose. The models that we use to this day are not scale models of full-size aerobatic airplanes. They don't. The, the requirements uh, are not uh, such that, that that needs to be. What is required is that they cannot measure more than two meters in uh, in span or in length, and they can't weigh more than five kilos or eleven pounds so those are the restrictions and otherwise the designers are completely free to design whatever they want the airplane to look like and uh so they have evolved tremendously over the years uh you know i have a couple of designs to my name uh, back in the 70s and so forth in fact one of them was two of them were kitted it, it, it was exciting for for 30 years i competed with it all over the world on a canadian team about 15 times i believe quite an accomplishment and did you ever think of, you know, transitioning into uh, full-size aerobatic flying? You know, that's a, the interesting part. It has never really interested me. Happy flying aerobatics, standing with a transmitter in my hands. Uh, I love flying uh, full-scale of any kind, you know, passengers incorporated or just for fun, which is all I'm doing nowadays. Uh, and uh, I just love to fly. But aerobatics, uh, full-scale aerobatics, uh, just not my thing. And is it fair to say the RV is, uh, the RVs are aerobatic aircraft? And did you ever have the desire just to push the stick all the way over? <laughs> well, so the uh, I have an RV-10 uh, built in uh, between 2008 and 2010. It first flew in June 2010. That is the only model of the RV, I believe it's the only one, of the RV in the line of RV aircraft from Vance Aircraft that is not aerobatic, approved aerobatics. So with my current airplane, I cannot do aerobatics even if I wanted to, certainly not legally, and I nor do I have a desire to because I don't have any training. Now, having said all that, the aircraft I'm building is an RV, an RV-14, and it is aerobatic. So I, I think it is my it is my desire once I get it going, um, which won't really be until early next year, that uh, I will learn to do just some very simple rolls and loops and spins, and, which I've done those things before with other people just as a passenger and have it demonstrated to me. In fact, I've. I've rolled and looped in a, a T6 or a Harvard, you know, uh, with a with the owner sitting in. First, he did one, and I would do one. So I've done a little bit of it, but I, I certainly wouldn't go out and do it on my own at the moment, no. So when did you start building the RV-14? I started building that in May of 2020, so a year, 14, 15 months ago. When do you think it'll be finished? It will fly... Potential, it is possible it'll fly this year. No kidding. 
I'm uh, realistically. I mean, if if I have to be really sure to give you a, a time, I don't, I don't. I can't and won't put a date on it. <laughs> That's a very dangerous thing to do. Uh, for sure, by spring of 2022, within two years. To put things in perspective, it's usually, you know, 3,000 hours to build an RV, and there's so many RVs that are started and never finished, and you're you know, getting them done in uh, two years from, you know, a box full of aluminum to flying airplanes. It's amazing, Ivan, absolutely amazing. Well, again, if you use uh, paraphrase your statement, uh, is to say, let's put it into perspective. The RB10 took me 26 months or 2,600 hours, uh, roughly 100 hours a month. Now, that is not full-time. That's uh, perhaps a little bit more than half-time. So that's, uh, but you got to stay with it. I think that's key. You, you stay with it and, uh, and work on it constantly. You can get the job done. Now, the RB series of airplanes are so good. The kits are so good that if you have any, even average skills with tools, most anyone could do it. Now, let's go fast forward to the RB14. It is in a class all by itself when it comes to manufacturing of the parts that you get. They are pre-punched to size. They don't have to be match drilled. They don't have to be deburred. You can go straight to dimpling and to riveting. And people are building these things in 14, 15 months, under 18 months, under a year and a half. Wow. No, they're committed. They're committed. And But you're right. They are also... The other side of the coin is that people are buying them and not finishing them, absolutely. But Vance Aircraft enjoy the highest completion rate of all the manufacturers. From a Trillium Aviator's perspective, what's on the uh, horizon? So uh, this coming Sunday, uh, the 15th, a week from tomorrow, we, we do not have one next Thursday, which normally is on a Thursday. Thursday lunch, brunch, lunch type of stuff. But it's shifted till Sunday because a friend of mine at Hanover, Bert um, Hodgins, is hosting a Hope Air fundraiser. And they're putting on, again, it's going to be a big spread with free lunch and corn and a cob and all this stuff on, on Blake Offering Codridge. But uh, people will be asked to make a donation to Hope Air. You know, and for those of you who are not familiar with Hope Air, it's a it's a uh, volunteer charity that uh, helps transporting people from remote communities to bigger centers for for medical attention that they otherwise couldn't get. It's an absolute amazing charity. I've had the opportunity to uh, volunteer and fly their uh, their volunteers uh, around. As uh, I don't have an IFR ticket, I I can't actually fly the um, oh, uh, yes. patients so you, around. You well. You're well aware of that uh, then. But I thought flying the volunteers that spend copious amounts of money to help other people, that was a little something that I was a, uh, able to do. But certainly Hope Air delivers a service to people in remote remote areas of, uh, of Canada that need uh, transportation that normally, medical transportation that normally they couldn't afford. And all, exactly. all done by volunteers, all on their own nickel. I mean, it's really, really super. I should also mention 
that the uh, the airlines do kick in tick, uh, free tickets and for you know the uh, the folks that have medical appointments uh, from rural Ontario as an example to downtown Toronto. Well, that should be a very exciting uh, event. I'm sure after the 71 aircraft at Godrich, I'm sure that the 15th we'll see 100. And okay, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't count on that because uh, there's another big event on uh, going on on Saturday. In fact, uh, they had to move it to Sunday so it wouldn't collide with this other event in Sarnia on Saturday. So uh, they'll take away, people won't be able to do both. They'll choose between one or the other. So, uh, but I want to support, uh, Bert, I did last year, and we that was the biggest event for the Trillium Aviators uh, up until uh, last weekend, or last, uh, on Thursday, this past week. Uh, with, we had 49 airplanes. That, were, that was the biggest to date. But that was last year. So uh, it was a huge event. Uh, you know, they had a lot of walk-in, drive-in, community got involved, and, and they're doing the same this year. Amazing. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for being part of uh, Plane Talk. Well, you're entirely welcome. I, I uh, appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And if I can uh, add, uh, again, at some later point, uh, add some more, then uh, don't hesitate to give me a call. Will do. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plane Talk. If you have any ideas for a future Plane Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.